feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, I thought I have heard it all out of Alejandro Mayorkas, the Secretary of Homeland Security, and I have not, because now tonight, Alejandro Mayorkas is citing an immediate need to waive regulations to build a border wall in Texas as immigration surges. You can't make this up saying these are historic numbers and that there's, quote, an acute and immediate need to waive dozens of federal laws in order to build a border wall in South Texas where illegal migration has surged. I thought I was misreading things, and I thought maybe this was the Babylon Bee, as if this is breaking news that there is an issue at the border. But for some reason, maybe it's because an election year is just a little over a year away and they are getting hammered every which way to Sunday that now the Secretary of Homeland Security, the guy who has looked America straight in the eye and said every single time the border is secure, there's no problem there. I thought the border was secure Secretary Mayorkas, why would you need to build a border wall? And remember how much you mocked President Trump for the idea of a border wall? In fact, they were selling the parts of the border wall that President Trump put up. They were selling the pieces on the other side, putting it up at auction. They were mocking President Trump saying, border, this is terrible. This is divisive. This is ridiculous. Remember all the people that have been mocking President Trump for the border wall? And that was the thing from day one. President Biden said, we're not going to have a wall. That is really bad. And now for some reason, Alejandro Mayorkas had an epiphany in the middle of the night. Uh, and I guess maybe he finally looked at the pictures of the border because he hasn't really spent barely any time down at the border. But this is a stunner tonight. Again, that the Department of Homeland Security Secretary lying Alejandro Mayorkas, and I say lying because that's how so many people across America feel when they see him look under oath when he's there in Congress saying that the border is secure, everything's fine, no problems, we have it under control. And now he is, quote, citing an acute and immediate need to waive the dozens of federal laws in order to build that border wall. Boy, is that a sharp contrast to all the dismissals they have said over and over and over again. And this comes as there are new numbers of how many have crossed the border illegally just in the month of September. Uh, they're saying well over 245,000 also for the year of fiscal year, which is basically almost an October to October. They're predicting almost 2.5 million people. Those are just the ones we know about. So what do you make of the fact that Alejandro Mayorkas says he's really taking control of the situation? He's using his authority provided by Congress as if he hasn't had it this entire time, including, quote, the Clean Air Act, Safe Drinking Act, Endangered Species Act. Now that explains it. He's trying to bring them in. 
uh, saying there is, quote, presently an acute and immediate need to construct physical barriers and roads in the velocity and in the vicinity of the border of the United States in order to prevent unlawful entries into the United States. This is a stunner. And what do you make of the timing of this, that apparently Alejandro Mayorkas, somebody must have said to him, you know what, uh, uh, Alejandro, guess what? We are losing. This is horrible. We are going to lose big time in the elections. And you can see there is no end in sight. We even have Democrats who are calling us out. So maybe we got to get off our behinds and actually do something about the U.S. southern border. What are your thoughts about the timing of this? Wow, wow, wow. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Joe on line one. Joe, your thoughts about all this. Go ahead, my friend. And roads. Hey, turn it down, Joe. Turn the turn the radio down. Go ahead, Joe, if you're there. Go ahead, Joe. How are you? It's under siege. That island South Shore is under siege. It's an absolute horror. And they're not giving vouchers to American veterans in the city or from Salvation Army, for Salvation Army stores. I saw 13 strapping young men from countries with, with, who hate us holding vouchers that Eric Adams bought at our tax expense and from Catholic Charities. For 13 weeks, I've been trying to get vouchers for American veterans, and they're in regs for 13 months. It's an absolute disgrace. And remember, November 11th, all the chain restaurants give a complimentary meal to American veterans on American Veterans Day. All day, spread the word. But these young, these guys in these countries, they're unvetted. They're, they're sleeper cells, some of them. They're Trojan horses. Must we follow in the, in the footsteps of Rome, rotting from within, and barbarians at the gate? Well, the barbarians are inside the gate. They're in your backyard in South Beach and Arrowcar. It's an absolute disgrace, reader. This is a national crisis, and they're not doing anything to stop it. I agree. By the way, Joe, 1,000%. It is a national disgrace. And just like you said, they are putting Americans last. And for Alejandro Mayorkas tonight with this big breaking news claiming it's time to put the border up, uh, I want to know what he's drinking today because he's drinking some really strong stuff. I'm happy to hear it. But this is a 180. This is a 360 times two, a 720, like Sybil shaking his head around uh, from where he has been. Where has he been all this time? It is obviously based on politics. Shame on this administration. Let's go to Robert, line three. Robert, your thoughts. Well, I think he's been getting a lot of pressure from Democrats, including Democrat governors and mayor, but mayors. But I think the final two straws, you know, Katsimatidis, he did that interview with Clinton. That was number one. And number two is when they ousted the speaker yesterday. I think the powers that be, they sense there's a tremendous disturbance in the force. And they just they just they realize that. They can't stop it. If they don't stop the immigration, they're, they're, it's going to be a threat to their power because people just don't want to take it. Yeah. Now, that's an interesting point. Maybe the timing of all this, uh, they feel also a little emboldened by what happened, obviously, uh, of what happened with the chaos that happened on Capitol Hill last night with the House speakership. 
They know they got a bit of a vacuum now. There's a one-week vacuum until, I have no doubt, a new speaker will come in. And the new speaker, whoever it is, may really put their foot down uh, when it comes to the border issue. So you're right. They maybe feel they want to have one week so they can say, oh, we're already doing that. What are you talking about? A wall? Uh, we're, we're for it. Uh, look, here's the one time we said it uh, out of the 5,000 times that we've been asked over the last X years. Uh, that's what this is about. This is pure politics and pure BS. That's a nice way to say it. Uh, let's go to Marianne. Line five. Marianne, uh, can you believe this hogwash from Mayorkas? Uh, well, let me tell you, it's not only it's not the elections. They have the millions they need to win the elections, especially in those blue states. And if Trump wins the, the elections in 2024, they will have those blue states making things miserable for him like they did when he was the president. Don't fall asleep. Don't allow these people to go to your district because that's the plan. They now have the people they need because they didn't care what people were saying all this time, but they have the numbers they want. This is why Adams went to Mexico, Ecuador, and Colombia because those, those immigrants that came from Venezuela, they came mostly from those places. So now he's going to make business with these people. Okay, don't fall asleep because they are plan- they are planning to win the elections with the millions of people that are here and the and the Spanish. That's what we know because this is why we are talking in the streets. That's what they're doing. They are causing us because they believe they have the elections with the people that they need. Wow, that's really powerful, Marianne. That they have enough, um, and just like you said. They have now made President Biden, uh, that now his uh, Homeland Security Secretary having this epiphany, but President Biden just recently, as you just said, and it just kind of came into fruition where they got these temporary uh, restrictions, temporary, I should say, it's not really a restriction, it's really a free-for-all, where they become temporary citizens, if you will. Uh, they get a pass. They will go to the front of the line in terms of work permits. They will also get Social Security numbers, be able to vote. And you're right. They suddenly got half a million of them, 500,000 plus. And that I thought about the same thing, too. It's really interesting you say that, Marion. So let me just ask you, Marion, you're saying that that's what people are saying on the streets. They believe the same thing, because as soon as I heard that Biden was doing that by executive order. Whoa, okay. Wow, wow, isn't this interesting? We have 500,000 uh, new voters, essentially. Surprise, surprise. You feel that they've hit the limit. They're satisfied, and it's enough to sway these elections. What I'm curious, too, is those are for municipal elections, which are the only ones that are really on the ballots for the most part, uh, at least in the New York area, for example. You know, they've got the city council uh, they're allowed to vote for mayor, but mayor isn't up in this year. Uh, but the city council is a very pivotal one. So you feel they hit their quota. And what, do you think they're going to try it again maybe for 2024? Your thoughts, Marianne? Their plan is already in, in, you know, in its way. So the reason why I'm talking this is because I've talked with my people in the streets. Do you see that Adams went to these this, uh, Spanish countries? Yeah, absolutely. And all of a yep. sudden, they're going to stop sending it? No, they have the quota they needed. And what I'm trying is to warn, to warn the conservatives 
that they should not allow these people going in this district. Fight like Staten Island did. Those people are heroes, but they're trying to get everywhere that where this state that is not Democrat and change them. And they have in their hands what they need. So now we, we the conservatives, have to stop what they're doing and get out the vote. Okay? Because that's, that's what they are doing right now. Absolutely. Marion, well said. Very passionate, and you're right. Get out and vote. You can't sit back and say, gosh, I wonder why that person uh, who doesn't care about crime, who seems to let prisoners out left and right, people who've been arrested, not even locking them up even to begin with in many cases, uh, why did that person get elected again or that person who wants to bring in all these people at taxpayers' expense that have crossed the border illegally and put them in shelters in my neighborhood? Uh, why are they here? Why are they still here? Well, they're still there, to your point, that people haven't gotten out to the voting booth. That is the key. Uh, Marion, thank you very much for giving us a pulse of what you are hearing in the community. That is really, really powerful. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. Stunner, Mallorca, somehow says, hey, a border wall is going to go up soon. Uh, it's needed. What a moron. 1-800-848-9222. That's what people have been saying all along. And I guess the border maybe isn't secure, Secretary Mayorkas. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. We are talking about the Rio Grande area there in Texas, which is a mess. And you know things are bad when Alejandro Mayorkas, as we've been reporting, just coming out, suggesting a border wall for this crisis that somehow has awakened him in the middle of the night, as if the images of the millions upon millions that are here already has not done that. Uh, We just talked from Marianne, who was saying that she believes they've hit their quota, and that's why they're okay for now. And guess what? Suddenly they're going to maybe do the same thing right before the next election. Isn't that interesting? Let's go to Tony, line four. Tony, this is a stunner, but boy, does this look politically contrived. It really does. I like Marion's take on it. I, I want to add and say that, to me, the border was crucial in the budget talk. And what the Democrat, Republicans wanted at the table with the budget was the border closed. 
And so I think one thing, I know they always do things for a reason. So I think they know that the Republicans are in agreement. If on nothing else, it's on the border. That's number one. Number two, I think the border wall isn't what it was when we first heard about it. It is all that it is, but they are flying them in, Rita, and there are also tunnels. So I think the border isn't the only place they're coming in through, keeping in mind that we've heard that they're flying them in, and maybe they're just running out of money, and now they'll need to use the border. I'm not sure. I think this has a lot to do with the new speaker. I think it has a lot to do with the budget, and the budget had a key component of a secure border. So I think they're just humoring the Republicans for the moment. Yeah, I do, too. I think they're going to use it, Tony, don't you think? Because they're saying, oh, gosh, while you guys were, you know, in disarray, you can hear it already from Biden today, the, the MAGA extremists, while they were in disarray on Capitol Hill, we started the border wall. Nobody told us to do that. We suddenly did it on our own. We care about border security. I, I mean, this is these numbers are surprising. They're the biggest. That's why we did it. You know, not as if all these other, you know, because it was a thousand or two thousand less a few months before. Uh, that's not a catastrophe. I mean, you, you see, this is I think the timing of it. They're going to try to say we are we do care about border security. Look, look what we did. And we did it when the House was out. We did it on our own. Uh, we don't need the house. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I can see where this is going, Tony. You know, for the way we know they operate, okay, for every charge against Trump, then then every charge against Hunter Biden, there was one against Trump, and they're tit for tat. So that's basically what they're doing. But it was a key element in the budget discussion. Yes, for sure. No, you're right. It's still on the table. And again, I think they're just trying to show, as they always do, that they are the savior of the country. When in fact, Rita, we know that the Democratic Party is the party that's tearing apart the country. Because just like they took their time in helping um, in helping in the Ukraine war, and they've done nothing, they've just put Band-Aids on what they're doing, they never take a strong step. They always take a half step just to make it look good. Just like they did in Ukraine, they're doing at the border. And I think you've got it right. Yeah, I think so. I think that this is where this is headed. I, I, I actually <laughs> thought I was like, I thought I was like, uh, like, uh, couldn't seek properly when I read it. I thought, wait a minute, this has got to be a misprint, you know, but, but it's real. At least, uh, they want us to believe it's real. Uh, let's go to Alex, line five. What do you think what Tony just said, Alex? Yeah, I think she she's right to some extent, but also Alejandro Mayorkas and the Democrats, they're now trying to signal to their Democratic voters across the country and Democratic states and cities that are burning mad about the fact that they have these migrants coming to their cities now that they're actually, um, you know, for stopping illegal immigration. But it's a little too late. There's no way you can convince Democrats before the next election. They really don't. Uh, believe in illegal immigration when when you've been preaching that for and following through with that for the last few years. But it's crazy how before Trump was president, you had Chuck Schumer saying we need a border wall. Then in the middle, when Trump was talking about the wall, they were against it. And now they're saying, oh, now we do need a border wall. So I'm wondering if Stan is going to come around and say, oh, yeah, we need a border wall, just like Alejandro Merkel said. How do you like how do you have 
Democratic voters that you can just flip it around every single time and have them go along with you. I wonder what Democratic voters who have been hearing from the media that a border wall is not a good idea, are they just going to flip with it? Are they, are they so a part of this Democratic cult that you just flip their mind in one second? I wonder how Stan and, and other Democrats are going to take to this. Yeah, let's see. I, I agree with you. That It's a really interesting point. Uh, will they kind of flip and say, oh, well, it, now it's at uh, historic numbers. And again, as I just pointed out, Alex, too, the historic numbers, uh, yeah, they are high and they're skyrocketing. But it's been historic numbers basically since President Biden took office. It's just getting worse and worse and worse. And again, I could pull a, a six-year-old off the street. They'd be able to figure that out. Uh, but you're right. Maybe maybe the Democrats in their mind will say, oh, yes, because now it's so high. Uh, I back Biden. Boy, Mr. Security. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which we love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, a really powerful story coming from Salt Lake City, Utah, where several fill-in dads escorted the son of fallen South Salt Lake police officer for his first day of school. It happened on Monday of this week where South Salt Lake Police Chief Jack Carruth, along with several more officers from the department, walked fallen officer David P. Romwell's son, Jackson, to school for the first day of kindergarten. Romwell was killed while on duty on November 24th, 2018, and he was struck by a vehicle driven by a suspect who was fleeing from a reported burglary. Now, before joining the Salt Lake City Police Department, Romrell had served multiple tours as a Marine Corps veteran. Known for his kindness and professionalism, he interacted with everyone respectfully, and he left behind his wife and his then four-month-old baby. The South Salt Lake Police Department officers made a note that Officer Romrell devoted his entire adult life to serving his country and community and made a lasting impact on all who had the good fortune to know him. And how beautiful that the police chief, along with several other officers, all together came and took little Jackson to his first day of school to know that he has many Fill in dads. How what a beautiful, beautiful story. And it epitomizes the camaraderie and the love and the family that law enforcement have for each other and for their families as well. Well, this is a stunner. We have now the Secretary of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas. And again, I thought I was seeing things when I read this, that now he is citing an acute and urgent need and says there needs to be a border wall on at least one part of our southern border. What a bunch of hogwash in terms of where he was 
all this other time. Where has he been? He's been dismissing the idea for years, as has the entire Biden administration. Uh, what, suddenly had an epiphany in the middle of the night? And now he is saying because one particular section he's saying uh, there is such an overflow of illegal immigration. There is so much in terms of 245,000 migrants uh, encountering in just one sector this fiscal year. It's the Rio Grande Valley sector in Stark County that he's saying because of that and that voluminous amount of individuals crossing, there needs to be a border wall, at least in that sector. I feel like saying to Alejandro Mayorkas, where have you been? You're awfully late to the party, and it certainly isn't a party, especially for people that are there in the border states. And basically, because of your open border, Mr. Secretary, and the Biden administration as a whole, you have made every state, every city in this country a border city. Thank you. And now you're suddenly having some epiphany and realizing that there needs to be some sort of protective wall. There needs to be better barriers. There needs to be all of these protections. Where have you been for the last few years? This, to me, smells of politics. They feel like there's a moment where the House, of course, is in turmoil because they're looking for the next speaker. They're going to try to say, oh, look, we did this on our own. We did a border wall. What do you mean we're opposed to border security? We just did a little section of wall. Take a look. Where have you been all this time? Your open border has caused so many fentanyl debts. It has caused so much damage to this country that we will feel for generations to come because these people are not vetted. And now there are millions upon millions of people that have crossed the border illegally under this administration. They're estimating anywhere from 7 to 8 million. So why don't you put a border wall across the entire border? Why don't you do it correctly as opposed to playing politics at this time? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Meantime, also New York City Mayor Eric Adams is saying, well, the White House is wrong on the immigration issue. One of you also mentioned Bill Clinton because my great co-host on Katz and Cosby, the owner and operator of Red Apple Media, the great John Katzenmatidis, he did a full interview, a full one-hour interview with Bill Clinton. And in that interview, Bill Clinton revealed that he feels like the immigration system that the Bidens have put in place, it ain't working, the system is broken. And I think he did in many ways sort of tee up giving the permission for the other Democrats leading the charge that it is hurting Democrats politically. They shouldn't be doing it for politics. They should be doing it for national security reasons. But at least he's sounding the alarm. And since then, we've heard from others. Uh, Kathy Hochul said, oh, the border's too open. Suddenly she had an epiphany. It seemed like over the weekend as well, following suit, I think, from the messaging from Bill Clinton. And then Eric Adams, who, to his credit, has talked about problems at the White House, problems with the border. Well, he's kind of flipping and flopping, even though he's now on his way to Mexico. He's going on a four-day trip to Latin America. I'm glad he's going. He seems to be spending more time on this issue than our borders are and than our president. So I certainly give him credit for that. But he is doing a bit of word salad. Here is, first off, here is the mayor just recently at the press conference where he said, you know, 
Um, this we need to get tough. Where where there's really no more room at the end. And this sounded like okay, we need to seal the borders. Listen to this. There's a body of people who are there that are giving them false hopes and false promises. We want to give people a true picture of what is here. And uh, uh, Deputy uh, Mayor uh, Williams Ison uh, has she has made it clear over and over again. Of we are at capacity. And the buses, we're witnessing a surge now, and the buses are continuing to come, and they're also coming in other means. A lot of people think buses are the only way, but they're coming in other means, through airports, through people driving in. And so we want to give an honest assessment of what we are experiencing here in this city. We are at at capacity. Uh, over 117,000. We're still getting, uh, at one time it was 10,000 a month, but I think in the last few days we're looking at almost 600 a day. And there are reports that in one day uh, they got close to 800, which is really amazing uh, considering how far New York City is from the border. But then the mayor said this during the press conference, like, we don't want the migrants to get the wrong idea. Now, remember, We've seen the pictures. They're hanging out in four-star hotels. They've had room service. Uh, there are so many migrants staying in hotels in New York, just to give you an idea, that it is costing. They just did a new deal for the next three years, so he's anticipating a whole bunch more. And it's going to cost over one point, I think it's like $4 billion or something, just for the hotels alone. American taxpayers, New York City taxpayers paying for that. Uh, but don't get the wrong idea, migrants. We're not giving you a free hotel room. Don't misconstrue that. Listen to what he had to say yesterday. This is, uh, how do you say it, uh, hogwash. We're going to tell them uh, that coming to New York doesn't mean you're going to stay in a five-star hotel. Uh, it, it doesn't mean that the mere fact you come here, you automatically are going to be allowed to work which, as you understand, uh, TPS was only given uh, to uh, those uh, Venezuelan. Uh, We're going to tell them what the real conditions are. The large number of thousands of people are living uh, in congregate settings. Uh, We know that there's a propaganda machine that that basically uh, it has given the false promise of what life is like of being a migrant and asylum seeker. And we want to be honest with those who live in these regions. All right. So let's just be honest. Uh, You are putting them in hotels. You have filled up half of the hotel rooms in New York City at taxpayers' expense. That is putting them up in a hotel. Forgive me, but if you put them up in a hotel, that means you're putting them in a hotel. Uh, Maybe I don't understand uh, the the verb. Maybe it's the definition of is. is. We're going to go back to that. And then let's go to, we're not going to give you work. You're not going to be allowed to work. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We did give 500,000 Venezuelans. And we're trying to get everybody else also to have work permits. So we can make all of these people legal citizens so they could also vote in municipal elections. But we don't want to do that. That is such a bunch of BS. That's the nicest thing I can say. Crockety dock de dock. That is just so bad. That is like, we don't want to give them the wrong idea. What, it's not a four-star hotel? It's a four-and-a-half-star hotel? We don't want to tell them it's a four-star hotel. I mean, give me a break. So when we hear all of that, and he's like, oh, you know, they're coming. We can't handle it. We're busting at the capacity. Then on the other side of his mouth, and I say there are two sides because on one side we hear that. Then on the other side, 
He did say yesterday in the same uh, same unbelievable press conference, the border should stay open. The border should remain open. So you have a mayor who's saying, we can't handle it anymore. We don't want this. We don't want that. But, oh, yeah, we want to keep the border open. Talk about mixed messages. Take a listen to what he said yesterday. We believe the borders should remain open. That's the official position of this city. But we have made it clear there should be a decompression strategy that we could properly deal with the volumes that's coming into our city. And no cities should have to carry the burden of a national of the national government. A decompression strategy. This is not a scuba lesson. This is the border, the U.S. border. There should be a decompression. But we believe overall it should be wide open. Come on through. And no, we're not giving you a hotel room in New York, even though we're full to capacity. Is this like political speak or what? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Dom in Minnesota, line three. Your thoughts, my friend? Yeah, Rita, now that Kevin McCarthy has some free time on his hands, he should go on a Save the Republic decompression bus tour of all the liberal cities like Chicago, Seattle, San Francisco, and save it from the three stooges, Biden, Kamala, and Mayorkas. That will be a success for him to gather all the votes that they didn't get the first time looking for a majority in the, in the House. I think that you seriously do that. I think that would be a great strategy. Yeah, actually, and then, you know, what could, well, first, you know, what could be interesting on the McCarthy front? He could say, okay, look, here's the migrants. Here's where they came from. Uh, he should go over and, listen, he used to work in Bakersfield. He could probably speak a little bit of Spanish. Uh, go over to him and say, que pasa? They don't they eres? Where are you from? You know? Uh, you know, uh, uh, todo es libre? Everything's free? Uh, how do you like the hotel room? You know? Oh, yeah, I love it. And then put it up. Actually, I, I love the uh, sort of migrant tour across the country. Uh, because he, and he came out swinging last night, Dom. Did you hear it after everything? Even though he was furious, obviously. Yep. Afterwards, he came out and said, ah, da, 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 da. We still need to borrow the war. We need to do this. We need to do that. Uh, and somehow, uh, Mayorkas, uh, woke up today on the wrong side of the bed for him the best side of the bed for us, and said there needs to be a wall. Uh, a wall. So I think, it, you know, the fact that Eric Adams and Mayorkas are talking about the wall should tell you everything you need to know about they are really pressured by the voters that are, you know, even the liberal ones that are saying, what the heck is going on in our cities? Because it has come to a neighborhood near them. And McCarthy would be really wise. I'm half joking, but I'm quite serious that he would talk less. Don't be a speaker when you go out to these cities. Sit down, listen, get, get, you know, if they're pissed off at you, take it. And that's basically, he should take a bunch of these Republicans that want to go, in, in the, the, including Matt Gates. Come on, let's go talk to these people. And, and that would be an awesome turnaround for Republicans. You know, if Trump doing his job from the court and these guys supporting him, in there, you know, meeting all these people, I'll get, I'll, I'll, that'll be a winner in my book. Sounds like a great idea, Dom. Thank you very much. Let's go to Stan, line one. Stan, your thoughts on uh, Mayorkas? First of all, that what he, what Dom's just said ain't never going to happen. Look, a wall has never worked. Mayorkas, out of touch with reality. I've been pretty consistent about this for a while. I've wanted troops down there years ago with Barack Obama, with Trump. He didn't do it. 
And, of course, the president doesn't do it, President Biden. No, nothing's going to stop this unless, one, you, you still definitely have to do immigration reform, which nobody talks about. I agree. This stuff has to stop. Put barbed wire down there. Put signs. Get troops down there. I don't, the president will not do it. I know he will. But that's what needs to be done. But, he, but, the, but Stan, to, what? Stan what? they're not even admitting. They, well, they're, they're partially admitting uh, in the last well, few hours. I don't hear hours. the president. No, I don't hear the president either. That's a great point. So no, far, I, I, so far I, I, all I, we've well, heard is my like, like Oh, Stan, we lost you. Call back. I think we just lost Stan mid-sentence. Call us back, Stan. We'll take you. We're going to go to a break, everybody. one 800 848 Nine two two two. Uh, maybe Stan was speechless for one moment, and we'll find out after the break. The Rita Cosby Show. Talking about Alejandro Mayorkas talking out of both sides of his mouth, saying, oh, yeah, the border's secure, but there's this one little area that needs a border wall. And they sold off the pieces. Think about from an economical standpoint, the border wall that President Trump was building, there were still pieces of it because the minute Biden took over, everything like literally stopped. Uh, And so the huge pieces of the wall were in Arizona in some locations and just were recently auctioned off. And now suddenly, a few weeks later, Mayorkas has an epiphany. Could it be because all these Democrats are finally now saying, uh, this is not good for us politically. Uh, this is not good for us financially. This just doesn't look good overall. Could it be that maybe they're getting a little political heat as opposed to genuinely caring about national security? 1-800-848-9222. I see Stan is back. Uh, Stan, we lost you there. Go ahead, pick it okay. up. No, I, look, you know, I, you know I'm for Joseph Biden, but there's some things I, you know, I'm scratching my head. Uh, this has been going on, not just with him, but it's been going on for seven, eight years, but it's gotten worse over the last, absolutely, no doubt about it. But neither of these presidents, none of them, Wall is not, has done really, I, I say it again, and I've been consistent about it. If they sent down troops, you say, to, if I, I figured maybe Trump might send, didn't. I figured if this is the right-wing guy, okay, let me say, didn't do anything on that regard. And Barack Obama, at least he threw out $2 million. Biden may have to throw out $8 million He's people. not going to do that. You know, know he's not. I know. You I know, know he's not. You know I, I, he's well, not. The he's, question is, he's, what do he's we do? He's happy they're here. He's happy they're here. I mean, the problem is, Stan, uh, to your point, that the damage has been done. No, it uh, has yeah, been done. Yeah, you, I'm not disagreeing with you. Uh, I, I, I look. Well, it, wait a minute. It, wait a minute. How can the damage not be done? You, no, you no, think I it's agree okay? with you. It's okay. been done. I'm sorry. That's, it's been done. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I mean, yeah, I we're at a point where when you have that many millions upon millions of people that we know of, that doesn't include the ones we don't know of in the country. It's not like you can say, hey, come on, everybody. Uh, we're going to send you back and we're expecting you to show up at the courthouse tomorrow at six. Uh, you'll get about five people who'll show up, you know. Um, and so, I mean, I, I, it is very, very difficult. We're going to feel the repercussions of their disastrous move 
for generations to come. I really do, because it is that catastrophic when you put suddenly say, hey, come on in, everybody. and We're not going to check you. Don't worry about it. I, I am happy that some Democrats are speaking out, although I think so much of it is political. Don't you? It's not genuine, oh, Stan. I, look, I, you mentioned the word heat. And so, but Rita, no wall is going to stop these people. And with the uh, it would narco, help. No, it would the help. narco empires, I think you know the, the they're backing this left and right. And unless you actually go to war with Mexico or some of these countries, it'll stop then. But I don't know if we're going to do that. Not with we'll this president. Relations. Not with this president. Because guess what? They need a message that the president is tough. And the president will send you back. And, and, and you can have a border wall. It would certainly help. I don't um, think so. It, it did, actually. But I'll tell not you. Not much, Rita. Uh, Come oh, on. You know, they can go right under Actually, it, not, not if you Come build on. the right kind of wall. Not the kind of Biden Rita, wall. Not the Biden go, uh, tin wall. Not the, not the Biden saran wrap wall no, version. On, that ain't going to work. But if you saw the Trump wall, it actually was working, Stan. No, Whether you so. want to. Oh, I know. Obviously, Stan, because you know better than. No, no, the, you than, think you, you know better. Actually, actually I don't think. Stan, Stan. Actually, you know who says. You know who says walls work the people that deal with it the border agents all said the ball the walls worked all the texas department of public safety officials all the border officials every single one has said the wall was working tough action from the top down works when you got a wimpy president and you got uh, a wallflower of a wall or no wall like we've had under biden guess what you got a disaster so this is a lesson stan and i'm happy to hear that you care and i know you have been consistent about being worried about the border and i applaud you for that too i wish there were more folks like you speaking out stan thank you i love you stan i'm glad you called back let's go to diane virginia line five good morning rita good evening but it may be good morning where you are but go ahead (laughs) oh yeah it's only 11 I'm here in um, Shenandoah Valley, Virginia. Okay, go but ahead real quick, Diane. We just have a few I seconds. I started out, I was going to call about my orcas, and then you told the story about walking that child to school for his first day because he didn't have family, and that breaks my heart. Oh, Diane, uh, and by the way, I want to tell everybody about the story. It's about uh, a little boy who lost his father who was a Salt Lake police officer. Um, And how beautiful is that? Isn't that a beautiful message about, first of all, I'm sad about his father, obviously, but how beautiful that these other officers were there supporting him. Uh, It's just such a beautiful message of the, the family, right? It just kills me. Yeah, it, it, it broke my heart, too, Diane, so much. On the other hand, I was just so touched, too, to see how the rest of the police department is now becoming fill-in dads for that little boy. Thank you, Diane, very, very much. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And- 
Many people are talking about this big news about Mayorkas, but there's also other big news coming from the White House. Apparently, President Biden's German Shepherd dog, Commander, uh, has been taken out of the White House. How sad is that? I loved Commander. He apparently bit another Secret Service agent. Uh, I don't know how many. Is it like a dozen now? I'm trying to figure out how many. Uh, he bit one. I know it was about a few weeks ago. Uh, the latest one is a 71-year-old staff member who was just playing with the dog. And poor little commander apparently has been taken out of the White House. Uh, we'll give you an update if it is permanent or if it's a short-term reprieve, maybe for commander. Maybe he's like, let me get the heck out of here. Things are so bad and such a mess at this place. I'll go anywhere. Just get me out of this place. This guy is nuts and he's sleeping and he's slurring all the time. Can you imagine Joe Biden trying to reprimand uh, a commander? <laughs> Be like, oh, the, uh, you know. But uh, commander apparently has bitten another member, again, of the security team. And for that reason, uh, they say it's just too dangerous at this point. Apparently, uh, this has been happening over and over and over again. Um, I think the latest one, one of them at least recently, happened in a tourist was able to get it on video, and it didn't look too good, obviously, uh, the image of that. I think this is the 12th time uh, I'm hearing now. I'm just hearing this is the 12th time that there has been a biting incident uh, with the two-year-old dog commander. Again, a big German shepherd. I love German shepherds. I grew up with German shepherds, so I love German shepherds, and I love animals, as you guys know. But uh, poor little commander uh, may now uh, be looking for a new uh, boss, a new commander overseeing him. And I think also dogs get dogs feel your energy. So if the president's tense and he should be based on the polls and everything else, then I guess uh, I guess that feeds off the dog. Meantime, President Trump, as we have been talking about the border, uh, has been seeing the country go to hell in a handbasket. He's been looking at the economy. He's been talking about the border. And he feels that so much of what's happening to him in this latest civil trial, this is the one that's happening in New York, where they're going after his businesses, going after his family, uh, in every single which way but loose. And he feels so much of this is just to take him off of the campaign trail. Um, This is President Trump, and he was asked today in court, uh, you know, right when he gets out, he's been using definitely the case to be able to, like, make his statements, which I think is good. He has every right to speak, even though the judge is putting this temporary gag order on him. But he has been speaking on his way in and out of the courtroom, and it was day three today. And this is what he had to say uh, on his way in and out of the courtroom. Take a listen. Today, if you read the New York Law Journal, they basically say they have no case against Trump. But I'm here, stuck here, and I can't complain. I'd rather be right now in I'd rather be in New Hampshire, South Carolina, or Ohio, or a lot of other places, but I'm stuck here because I have a corrupt attorney general that communicates with the DOJ in Washington to keep me nice and busy because I'm leading Biden in the polls by a lot. That's all this is. This is election interference. They made up a fake case. They're fraudulent people. And he also went after the judge. Take a listen. 
And the judge already knows what he's going to do. He's a Democrat judge. In all fairness to him, he has no choice. He has no choice. He's run by the Democrats. I know this city better than anybody knows this city. There's nobody knows it like I do. He's a Democrat judge out of the clubhouses. He's controlled, and it's a shame. What's going on here is a shame. Our whole system is corrupt. This is corrupt. Atlanta is corrupt. And what's coming out of D.C. is corrupt. And... Letitia James, the Attorney General of the United States, uh, forgive me, of New York. (laughs) I think she wants to be of the United States, but uh, the New York Attorney General. uh, This is what she had to say. She fired right back at Trump. Boy, is it a war of words. It's only been three days. And it's like, and this is going to go on for months. He doesn't have to be there every day, and he may not be there every day. Uh, but certainly he made his presence known today, and Letitia James, the New York Attorney General, didn't like it. Trump's comments were offensive. They were baseless. They were void of any facts and or any evidence. What they were were comments that unfortunately fomented violence, and comments that I would describe as race baiting, and comments, unfortunately, that appeals to the bottom of our humanity. This case was brought simply because it was a case where individuals have engaged in a pattern and practice of fraud. And I will not sit idly by and allow anyone to subvert the law. And lastly, I will not be bullied. And so Mr. Trump is no longer here. The Donald Trump show is over. This was nothing more than a political stunt. That sure sounded like to me somebody who was saying, you know what, this is all about a show. She said the stunt is over. The Donald Trump show is over. Doesn't it sure seem like she's the one who's, you know, what's her mission to to end the, quote, Donald Trump legacy? This is somebody who campaigned against him. And again, as we've been talking, love him or hate him on the rhetoric or all that other stuff, our border was definitely a lot more secure under President Trump. There is no doubt about it. He didn't need to send the U.S. military down because the border was secure. And guess what? People that were crossing illegally had the message. Border passings were at an all-time low. People who've been there on the front lines know it, and they have repeated it, and no one has disputed it. Other than Stan, 1-800-848-9222, Let's go to Dave, line two. Your thoughts about all this, Dave? Go ahead. Hey, hey, Rita. First, I'd like to say the government of this country has become the government that it has sent its sons to fight and die for. But I want to address uh, Professor Stan's statement, walls don't work. Do prison and castle walls work? Does the wall around Nancy Pelosi's house, the White House, and the Vatican work? Oh, hey, Gavell, checkmate, Stan, game, set, and match. Yeah, great points, Dave. By the way, uh, you're right. If the walls don't work, then why do officials have it around their homes? Uh, you're, you know, I mean, it defies logic. Uh, and for him to say they don't work, that is actually incorrect. Um, and I'm glad you also said it. Game, set, match. Great points. Dave, thank you very, very much. Let's go to Norm, line four. Norm, your thoughts about all this, my friend? I think the cocaine belonged to Commander. <laughs> By the way, he probably needed it. He's like, this family is nuts. (laughs) (laughs) All right. 
Uh, it's great that Alejandro Mayorkas is finally recognizing the dangers of unrestricted illegal immigration. Unfortunately, he's building the wall on our northern border to keep out those damn Canadians. <laughs> By the way, I could see him confusing it, you know. I could see mm-hmm. him saying, oh, yeah, take a look. Uh, uh, oh, that's Justin Trudeau trying to come across. Uh, what right. are we doing there? Great point, yeah. Storm. Thank you very, very much, my friend. Uh, let's go to Paul in Seaford, line five. Go ahead, Paul. Really, you just moved too fast for me. First, I wanted to say uh, the border. Remember Trump? They led to Trump that he was going to have Mexicans move to the border. Wait, we can't hear what you, Paul. Say, Paul, remember, Paul, get closer to the receiver, Paul. He's getting paid for it by him keeping Paul, it out. Paul, you got to call back. We can't hear you. We can't hear you. Call us back. Let's go to Judy, line seven. Judy, while Paul gets his receiver fixed. Oh, thank you for taking my call. Um, what I wanted to say about all these able-bodied men that are coming over here legally, send them back and let them have a civil war in their country. Wow. Let, let them fight right. Let them fight it out. Wow. <laughs> By the way, I do think it is so troubling, Judy, as you point out about them all being these able-bodied men, uh, because if you look at the images – it is predominantly, overwhelmingly uh, able-bodied men. Um, and you have to wonder why are so many of them coming across the border? If they're really leaving persecution, uh, then why would you leave your wife and kids behind? I mean, it, it just it defies logic. And that's why so many people say that it's like 80, 90 percent, most say close to 90 percent, would not qualify for asylum if they really checked and tested um, so that's uh, your, your point about the able-bodied men is so critical, Judy. Let's go to Joanne, line four. Joanne, your thoughts. Yes. Yes. Hi, Rita. Um, I think that uh, she's right, what she just said, uh, the woman before me, able-bodied men, um, as you said, too. And that uh, that is scary. That in and by itself is scary to me because, you know, you get a bunch of them settling in a community somewhere, wherever they're going to put them and house them and whatever. And, you know, it could be very intimidating. And the other thing is, uh, uh, okay, so let's see. I want to just jump over to Trump for a moment, if I may. Sure. Everything. Everything about Trump, the border, uh, our economy, um, uh, just absolutely everything was more secure and we felt better. You know, we're more secure under under Trump. So I I just think that um, it's just such an an S show. I don't know what else to call it, but that's what I consider it an S show because uh, what they're doing, crucifying this guy, it is ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. I can't, uh, uh, you know. I mean, what do they hope to – I think that they're only hoping to accomplish, not even to put him in jail, because I don't think that will ever happen. I don't think – what's your opinion on that? Y- you but know what, that, we- Judy, I actually uh, – and I'll stop you there, because I sadly don't rule out that they won't try to put him in jail. And I think they might try to try it through a gag order. This first judge, you know, in the New York civil case here – uh, because that's the first sort of trial trial, if you will. I mean, there's been others, but this one of late uh, seems to be intent on the gag order and put a partial one. And we know that the one in D.C. has been talking about it, too. And you know darn well that they're just looking for him to say anything or do anything. And he has a right, I think, to say or do anything within reason. 
And I mean, I, I don't know. I just think they're I think they're trying to dangle it out there. I wouldn't put that. I wouldn't put anything past them. And look what they've done so far. I mean, look at the way they've handled the justice system so far. I actually wouldn't put anything past them. And then on the flip side, uh, John, uh, you know, you'll see, you'll see, I can see Trump, even if it ends up where they send him, try to send him to jail for two days or financially penalize him. But say they try to throw him in jail for the gag order. I wouldn't be surprised. These judges are, they just seem so off their kilter that he'll run from jail. He'll do like live streaming from jail. Uh, for three ninety nine per minute, <laughs> donate to the Trump campaign and get your free mugshot too. You know, I mean, this is it. You just you see where this is going. I, I see tr- Donald Trump, especially even the way he's handled the civil trial in New York. He's already turned it around. I mean, this is supposed to be an attack on him, and he's turned it to expose what's been going on in the system. So, uh, I, I mean, whatever it is, I'm sure Donald Trump can handle it and will uh, make lemonade out of lemons. 1-800-848-9222. We'll continue your calls, everybody, after the break. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, more hogwash from the Biden administration. Here he was today uh, taking swipes at what he says was chaotic MAGA Republicans. And then he said, we have to be kinder and gentler to each other, which, by the way, I do agree with that part. Uh, but you can't have it both ways within a few minutes. Here he is at one point in his speech today, the president. More than anything, we need to change the poisonous atmosphere in Washington. You know, we have strong disagreements, but we need to stop seeing each other as enemies. We need to talk to one another, listen to one another, work with one another, and we can do that. I join with Minority Leader Jeffers, Je- excuse me, Jeffries uh, in saying that our Republican colleagues uh, remain committed to working in a bipartisan fashion. We are prepared to do it as well for the good of the American people. And that sounded like a nice message. That sounded like a very sweet, you know, oh, you know, uh, we have to work together. There has to be a little bit of this kumbaya. Everything is great. And that's a nice message. That, I think, is the message that the president of the United States should have. He was asked all about the whole ousting of Kevin McCarthy, the speaker, as you heard there. So he said that. And then it was probably about a minute later he said this. Mr. President, are you also concerned about the rest of your uh, domestic and foreign policy initiatives being in peril because of what we saw happen yesterday, the dysfunction in Congress, uh, the chaos that we saw on the House side. Does that concern you in any way? The dysfunction always concerns me. The programs that uh, we have uh, argued over, we passed bipartisanly, I'm not concerned that they're going to all of a sudden come in and try to undo them, although there will be some. There will be some, I'm sure. There's uh, half a dozen or more extreme MAGA Republicans who would like to eliminate just about everything I've done. Um, But uh, I I don't think that's going to get there. Doesn't that sound like the unifier in chief? Those extreme MAGA Republicans. You can see that is exactly what they're going to say about the chaos that just happened at the House. For sure it was chaotic. 
But he's been using this MAGA extremist all along, saying MAGA extreme, MAGA extreme, MAGA problems, MAGA issues, MAGA this, MAGA that. And this is what he also said. How could we forget? In 2021, it wasn't that long ago, uh, he also said this. It seems like every time he feels it's politically expedient, he pulls out the old MAGA extreme card. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. They do not believe in the rule of law. They do not recognize the will of the people. That the Republican Party today is dominated, driven, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And that is a threat to this country. That's a threat to this country. Anybody who believes in Donald Trump bad, anybody who believes in me good. That sure sounds like the unifier in chief. You can see where this is going. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mike in South Carolina. Line two. Uh, Mike, uh, boy, he wasted no time in trying to take a swipe. You know, he really did. You know, and he's trying to come across like, you know, let's hold hands and, and sing Kumbaya. We need to get along, you know, uh, gentle and this and that. What a bunch of BS. Total, total BS. I got to say this, Rita. You know, Vanna White, you remind me of her younger sister. She's from North Myrtle Beach. That's where I live. Okay? And if you ever get a chance to come down to Myrtle Beach, uh, let let the audience know because uh, I'll meet you and we'll have lunch. I'll pick up the tab. And I'll leave you with this also. Okay? You know, uh, from Goodfellows, what, what are you, uh, a schmuck on wheels? Hey, Stanley, that's for you. I've... Uh, I've gone to funerals. I've been to bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, and a rabbi once said to me, you know what you are, Mike? You're a mensch. Well, thank you, rabbi. I'd rather be a mensch than a smedrick and a schmuck. And maybe, uh, Stanley, you can go and, and, and meet Commander, and Commander can bite you, uh, maybe on the lips. <laughs> you get stitches, and you won't be able to talk because you're out of control. You're a smedrick. Oh, my goodness. Well, by the way, by the way, Mike, 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 (laughs) you threw a lot of good lingo there. You threw a lot of good issues there. But I will say to you, by the way, um, I I, there's something lovable about Stan. And I always appreciate his comment. And I appreciate, listen, he, you know, today he said, listen, the border does need to be secure. So I always appreciate hearing from him. But I hear your verbiage. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which I love doing every night here on the show where we get to honor our military and their families, a really powerful story coming from Manatee County, Florida, where decorated World War II veteran John Skeen turned 105 years old yesterday. He was even honored by the county commission with his own day. October 3rd is now officially John Skeen Day. By the way, October 11th is Rita Cosby Day in the state of New York. So you guys have to help me how I can celebrate my Rita Cosby Day. It's coming up next week. Maybe I get free parking. That would be a big thing in New York. That would be a win. But back to John Skeen, much more importantly than me. In 1941, 
Skeen was drafted into the Army at the age of 21 years old. Soon, he was deep in combat in Europe, and he was leading the 70th Infantry Rifle Platoon. He matured quickly and was surrounded by gunfire and bomb blasts. Veteran Skeen, recalling his fight, said, quote, you're the leader, you're out front, you got to keep your platoon moving, regardless of how hot and heavy the artillery is. He said, you're not thinking about the overall picture of saving the world and democracy. That's the furthest thing from your mind. All you are thinking about is staying alive. Skeen's selfless service would earn him the Purple Heart and also the Bronze Star. He said he doesn't, though, however, take freedom for granted, having helped to liberate towns from German occupation. He said, you have to lose your freedom to see what it's like. You see French towns that we liberated who were under Nazi rule. We'd liberate the town and they would go wild. They were just so appreciative to have freedom. Well, bravo to this great member of the greatest generation, 105 years young, John Skeen, and clearly a great, great American. Well, we're talking about President Trump. We're talking about the border and a whole bunch more. And a lot of people are talking about our big interview that we did here on the show yesterday. As you guys were tuning in on the Rita Cosby show, we had an exclusive with Congressman Troy Nels, Republican from Texas, who had just tweeted out minutes before the interview saying that he was planning to nominate President Trump for Speaker of the House. Now, it's interesting because you do not have to be a member of Congress to be the Speaker of the House. And he was saying maybe President Trump could be an interim speaker. He could kind of do it in between his court dates and everything else. He could still run for president. He could be a placeholder. He could shake things up. And then he could hand it over to somebody else. And in in many people's view, obviously, go to the White House to be the next president of the United States. I actually think it's a really interesting idea. He certainly would put things in order. He sure did at the border and a lot of other places. And you certainly, uh, I think in Washington these days, you need a game changer uh, on all sides. There is just such dysfunction in Washington that uh, having somebody like President Trump come in could be a really interesting idea. So here's a little bit, again, of what the congressman said last night. You heard it here on the show talking about why he thinks Trump is the perfect pick for speaker right now. The reason I've nominated Donald J. Trump for Speaker of the House is there's no rule, there's no law, there's nothing that says that the Speaker of the House must be a member of the House of Representatives. So it can be anybody. So I, I said to myself, who better? Who better than Donald J. Trump? You know, when he was the leader of our party, he was the President of the United States. He looked at all the wonderful things he did for our country. And I'm thinking, this is the guy that could come in and, and repair the brokenness in the House of Representatives, bring us together uh, and and make America and make Congress great again. So he could make America and make Congress great again. Now, uh, Congressman Greg Stubbe of Florida echoed those comments. We need somebody to unite our conference, and I honestly believe that he's the only person that can do that. Uh, he is the America First agenda. We need the America First agenda to be uh, displayed in the House of Representatives, and I think he's the guy to do that. And Marjorie Taylor Greene also said this. And you know who hates them the most? 
Washington, D.C. So I'm going into this next speaker's race, and the only candidate I am supporting is Donald John Trump. And Congressman Andy Biggs also said he supports Trump. And then today at the White House press briefing, clearly our interview is galvanizing a lot of people. And Corinne Jean-Pierre was asked about it with Peter Ducey. Listen to this exchange. In any of the meetings about this in the last 24 hours, has anybody in the West Wing heard anybody talking about the possibility of Speaker Trump? This is something for House Republicans to figure out. This is something for them to fix. We're not going to get involved in the speakership. We don't care who they, who is in the race or who is out the race. That is not for us to figure out. The president doesn't have a vote. No one here has a vote. They have to figure this out. And boy, uh, we'll be panicking if it is Trump. Can you imagine if it's Trump in the speaker role in terms of holding the purse strings? Because that's what the House does. You corral and you decide where money goes, where money doesn't go. That could be a nightmare for this president. And I think he is worried that Trump or somebody like Trump will be in the speakership because he suddenly has this epiphany about border security. You could hear him today saying that he is worried about funding for other things, too. Uh, so it's getting really interesting. So President Trump today, as you know, he was at the courthouse uh, in uh, New York. This is for the civil trial, the business civil trial. And he was asked, would you want to be speaker? Listen to his answer. It's kind of interesting. Would you be speaker, Mr. President? Uh, a lot of people have been calling me about speaker. All I can say is we'll do whatever's best for the country and for the Republican Party. Would you take a job? We have some great, great people. Would you take a job? A lot of people have asked me about it. I'm focused. You know, we're leading. I don't know you. I'm sure you don't read too much in the papers. But we're leading by like 50 points for president. My focus is totally on that. If I can help them during the process, I would do it. That's an interesting answer from President Trump. Now, I've known President Trump for decades, and he just said, I would do whatever's best for the country um, if I could do something constructive and positive. I mean, you sort of heard that answer. It was interesting. He didn't say no, 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 no. I have no, you know, said I'm focused on president. Obviously, he wouldn't. It wouldn't take away. It wouldn't be in, in, you know, instead of him running for president, it would be in addition to. But he didn't say no. It was an interesting answer. And even though it sounds a little like, wow, you know, former president going in there just as interim to kind of shake things up. Um, that's not a no. Trust me, that is not a no from President Trump. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jacqueline. Line two, Jacqueline, I think uh, we have opened Pandora's box. Go ahead. Yes, yes, and actually I lost my train of thought last night when the music was coming on. The other person, in addition to Steve Scalise, that I think would make a great speaker, in addition to, of course, President Trump, would be um, Jim Jordan. So he was the, the one that I was referring to. Ah, yes, yes, um, yes. And by the way, I do remember when you called. It was like John, Jim, and uh, there were so many. Yeah. And, and it was such a crazy night, too, with so much breaking. But I yeah. think, And Jim Jordan threw his name in. So now it's Scalise, Jordan. And then what did you make of this answer from, from President Trump? It's an interesting answer because he's usually, if it's something he doesn't want to do, he's, he can say no pretty easily and directly. 
I, I think he's pretty much not going to do it um, because his focus, I think if you read between the lines, he said his focus is really on the presidency, which I kind of alluded to that last night. I don't see how he would be able to juggle everything, although he's a master juggler. But, um, you know, with regard to uh, Joe Biden, you know, I, I, I don't understand, Rita, who would be who would be against making America great again? I think what Joe Biden is basically telling us for the first time in his life is he's actually speaking the truth. Usually I say when his mouth is moving, he's lying. This time he's telling the truth. He doesn't want to make America great again. And he is doing everything to destroy this country, no matter what he does, no matter what he says. And as far as that being the greatest threat to America... What is that, a different flavor of the day? I thought it was white males who were the biggest threat to America. Now, today, it's a different story. Yeah, and and as long as he can weave in the word MAGA, Trump, he's happy to kind of like shove it all in there. But, you you know, you bring up a great point um, that, and I'm sad to say this, but so many of his policies, the president of the United States, really are destructive to this country. I mean, you think about the pulling out of Afghanistan the way he did, uh, the give it, the deal with Iran that he's trying to make, uh, the $6 billion that he did give already to Iran, um, the open border. I mean, I mean, they, they, they defy logic for somebody whose duty is supposed to be to protect the homeland. Um, so, so I agree with you, Jacqueline. It's, it's very, very troubling. Uh, Jacqueline, thank you so much. Let's go to Dave, line eight. Dave, your thoughts. I would say that Trump needs to keep his mouth shut when he goes in front of that judge, and he can't be talking badly about the judge and about the clerks in the New York Civil Court. Because I've been before those judge, those judges and clerks in the New York County the Civil system, Court. Yeah. And you can't talk rude. You can't be talking about the judge and his clerks behind their back. If you were smart, and if I was his lawyer, which I'm not his lawyer because I'm not a lawyer, yeah, I would tell him, you need to keep your mouth shut. You can't be talking like that about the clerks and the judges in that court if you expect to get a fair shake in this court. But, but Dave, he's Dave, sanctioned, Dave, including his lawyer. Uh, now, his now lawyer. Dave, you bring up some great points. Two things. Do you think that that's uh, you think that that's coming, that he will be sanctioned or I, mean, I, I don't put it past any of these judges to try to really throw the book at him because it's only day two and he already got a gag order. So where do you think this is headed? Is his own worst nightmare or his own worst enemy is a better way of putting it. All right. That Trump needs to keep his mouth shut and stop saying these stupid things. He's like a loose cannon. He's got zero common sense. That's that's who you want to be the Speaker of the House or President of the United States? You must be joking. So, Dave, hang on. Now, you seem to think that these cases are warranted. I mean, the the issue yeah, is... Are. I uh, know the clerks and the judges in that court. you got to keep your mouth shut. you got to... No, I'm talking about respect. the case. I am talking... By the way, I hear what you're saying because I don't think it's helpful. That's for sure. I will agree with you in terms of you're some of the rhetoric. But, but hang on. Mouth. But, Dave, Dave. Don't you think somebody has a right to defend themselves? He is running for president no, of the United States. Defending you. It's you different. Keep shut and let your lawyer do your talking. Oh, like the lawyer's going to go out there and that's yeah. going to be effective? What Dave. do you pay a lawyer for? Lawyers will have to, I've dealt with many lawyers in the past when I served papers. 
and I've done investigative work or on various telemarketing cases that I brought in the New York Civil Court, and I'm not going to tell you what my, say what my last name is for my own privacy, but I'm telling you, right, that the lawyers I spoke with will tell me, don't discuss the case with anybody. But, Dave, what no, you're not – hang on, hang on, hold on. What you're saying is actually correct for a typical case. This is not a typical case. That's what I'm trying to get to you, is that this is a case with a former president of the United States. A lot of this is politics. The case itself, I'm not talking about the courtroom. I agree for decorum and all those other things. You're, you're, you're right on that. But what I will say is this is such an extenuating case where you have somebody who is the leading candidate on the GOP side, running for president of the United States, much of his platform is, look, they're targeting me. Uh, this double standard in the justice system is much of his platform, too. And case in point, look what's happening to me in New York. They're throwing the book at me on this business case that they wouldn't do to probably any other businessman if his last name wasn't Trump. So for that reason, you have to give the former president of the United States a little more leeway than a typical case. That's not the way the court system works. Well, it should work that way when somebody's dealing, because you know what? Then they shouldn't have put the the case up against him. Yeah, guess what? And the rules should be fair for everybody. The average person, the average person, Dave, the average person wouldn't probably even be in court right now. If his last name wasn't Trump, that's what I'm trying to say to you, that if his last name wasn't Trump, they wouldn't bring this case. If the standard that they are going after Trump on, trying to cut off him off on businesses for the different valuations of the property, every single New York businessman would be in jail probably right now because there's such subjectivity to prices of real estate. So this seems like awfully politically driven, and you want him to just go out there and shut his mouth and not say anything when politics is probably at the root of this case. Even people who don't like Trump feel this case is so over the top. They disagree on other cases, but they say on this one it is so blatant over the top, and you want him to have a muzzle on it and walk out and say, thank you, judge. You can do whatever you want, and the judge has already made up his mind. How is that fairness? Up his mind. He hasn't rendered a dollar figure yet. He gave he, a summary well, judgment, Dave, and you know enough about the legal listen, system. That's a summary decision. It You're guilty. Matter. If you keep talking the way he does, the judge is not going to be fair. Do you understand the me? The judge hasn't been fair. Do you understand me? The judge hasn't been fair from day one in this case. Rita, and, and, and that's, that's okay. the unfortunate that's issue. You, that's your opinion. That's not true. Well, that seems to be a lot of people's opinion. No, you seem to true. live in a unique world. But middle I, but America doesn't want a criminal running for president. Middle Rita. America doesn't want someone to be railroaded for president either, Dave. You know, I mean, there are two sides to the story. And I hear what you're saying. By the way, I agree with you that a lot of the rhetoric is not helpful. So I totally agree. And someone who's been there in the legal system, as you have, serving the papers and doing all that, I get it. The point I'm saying is this is different. He's the president of the United States. He has a right to defend himself when clearly it looks like an overall pylon. You don't seem to think so. A lot of other Americans seem to think so. So, you know what? I think you should give the president the benefit of the doubt. I would do the same thing if it was Biden, too, because I think there's something different when someone is running for president 
former president of the United States, you got to give them a little leeway to speak. You know, that a normal then the normal case, you're going by normal decorum. There's nothing normal about the way Donald Trump is being treated. There's nothing normal about the way he handles things. There's nothing normal about this political season. Uh, but but I hear what you're saying, Dave, uh, and I'll give you the last word. Go ahead. Hello. Hello. Go ahead, Are you Dave. Listening? I'm In give- 2008, there were appraisers that artificially inflated the, inflated the price of real estate. That's exactly what Trump did. They passed new laws to prevent the bank fraud like that from happening again. Remember that, Rita? And Dave, and Dave, I'll give you the Brooklyn Bridge if you think that Mar-a-Lago is worth $18 million because that's what this judge has agreed that he believes is the price. Uh, anybody with, uh, you know, half a brain would say it's a little more than $18 million. Anybody who knows real estate, you just look at a picture of it. It's worth a lot more than that at at least a zero. So th- there's something wrong with the process. But I hear what you're saying, Dave. I wish justice was blind. I wish justice was fair. And there are a lot of people that feel like this case just doesn't smell right. And for that reason, and he's a candidate, I think he deserves to speak. And I think he deserves fairness and justice. Let's see where it goes. I think everybody deserves to have an open mind, innocent till proven guilty, versus it seems like the other way around uh, that some people uh, feel about President Trump. And I agree. I feel like that with anybody. And this is not a Republican. This is an American issue. It has to be fair to everybody. But, but Dave, you got to call back. I appreciate your take. It's very, very interesting, and it's important. So keep calling. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. Well, Dave from Comac seems to think Donald Trump deserves to be the only person almost in New York who's ever had his business issues put to the test with different valuations seems to think the judge is appropriate for saying that $18 million is the value of Mar-a-Lago, even though uh, probably at at least a zero. Uh, But Dave knows better, everybody. Remember, Dave knows better. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Liam in Houston. Liam, uh, your thoughts about all this. By the way, you know, I, it's interesting to hear from Dave's perspective, but he just doesn't seem to want to hear from anybody else's perspective, but I appreciate his. But go ahead, Liam. I I agree with you. First of all, thank you for taking my call, Rita, and it's an honor to be on your show. Um, I agree with you and not with Dave. I mean, um, it's hard. Like the judge, it seems like Dave has already has already made up his mind. Um, By the way, thank is, God Dave's not on a jury or the judge. In this case, there isn't even a jury. Forget the jury. Well, honest, Can you imagine I, I if really, Dave was on the jury, you'd be like, uh, uh, change of venue. <laughs> I, I don't really think it would make a difference, honestly. And, 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 and these people are tyrants and simply because, like, when, when it, it's so over the top, like, there is nobody that would, you, you know, even in, in – in, no one would ever agree that Mar-a-Lago is worth that. So if that's what they're building their case on, they don't care. And, um, you know, it's it, it just scary. And, and it, it's, it, it's the thing is, um, 
if, if, if I can pivot a little bit. Yeah, really quick. You just have a few okay. seconds, real quick. Okay, so, um, you know, Mac, you know, I really hope whoever gets the speaker, and I hope it's Trump, but I don't think he's going to be there, but it's going to be him. But we really need to kick butt and be like, okay, we're not taking this anymore. Absolutely. By the way, absolutely. Whoever it is, they need to get down to business, secure the border, protect the homeland, and save money in certain places. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.